We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Duelist Podcast. My name is Kim, and I'm pragmatic. Yes, you are. (laughs) And you are? I am Stephanie. I'm somewhat pragmatic. It really depends on the day and the state of my ADHD at the time. (laughs) Sometimes I can be impulsive, but not when it comes to buying a new computer. (laughs) No, not at all. We haven't seen Stephanie in like two years. Um, And we don't have Suzanne here today. She is off dealing with family, but we do have a guest. We have, uh, I'll let her finish sneezing. Um, uh, we do have Sandra, um, a doula trainer with Doula Canada. Um, so going along, we had Kappa last time and we're trying to squeeze in as many organizations as would like to attend. Um, so we've got Sandra this week. Say hello. Hi there. And I'm not sure I would call myself pragmatic either. So we're going to have an interesting chat today. <laughs> Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> That's very true. How's everybody managing this freezing, freezing cold? So we just had a, for our listeners in the United States and in, <laughs> and in Texas, um, British Columbia and all the places that aren't, you know, Ontario. Surprisingly, most of our view are most of our listeners are actually from the United States. Yeah, which is kind of weird, but I'm I'm grateful. Um, We had what, 60, 50 centimeters of snow. I don't know what that is in real life. Um, But yeah, a lot of damn snow. So much. snow. (laughs) And then it was zero degrees yesterday. Yep. So it melted and now it's minus 19. Yep. So, you know, welcome yeah. to Canada. Yeah. Welcome to black ice. Please stay yes. off the roads. <laughs> my mom's like, oh my God, I can't believe it's so cold out. I'm like, mom, it's January yeah. in Canada. What? <laughs> and we literally were like wearing, you know, shorts and, you know, the beginning of December. So I'm not, not sure where this negativity is coming from. Um, She's like, we haven't had snow like this since the seventies. I'm pretty sure we've had snow like this since the seventies, but I'm, I'm a little concerned you've forgotten about the entire decade of the eighties and nineties, but okay. I think 97 might've been the last time that we had a big dump like this, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a blizzard baby. So that I'm a blizzard of 78 baby. So (laughs) There you go. I think I think that's the one she's remembering. She's thinking, well, because there was snow over rooftops. That was insane. Well, I remember so. that. I, I don't remember. I remember playing in it, but I don't remember much about anything else. I was only eight years old at that point. I think we had like a, a week off of school. About, oh, it, 78 is correct. Yeah, it, there was like a week off of school. So all you did was play in the snow once you could like get outside your door. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. So really... What are what the hell are we complaining about? Right. It's cold. It's it's too cold to have this much snow. That's for sure. Yeah, because you can't play in it. No. <laughs> no. You, 
Good you and know, now be- that it melted yesterday, it's now one gig- giant block of ice. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you don't want to see your kid run outside and try and jump into this today. They'll just ricochet off. <laughs> Did either plant. of you have any doula babies? Because the storm brought tons of babies. I had, I, I posted about it on Twitter and uh, Alice was like, uh, Alice Turner was, um, oh my God, I hope you didn't have any doula babies. I'm like, honey, I only do virtual now, so I'm good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Come rain nor sleet nor snow or ice. I will be there because it's virtual. I had a friend. Of I mine. got Wi-Fi. I'm good. Yeah. Friend of mine who's a midwife. She had four births that night. Oh my damn. And it took her like just the travel was ridiculous. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought briefly about it <laughs> and then just went back to bed. It's like, eh, nah, it's fine. <laughs> if they need me, they'll call me. <laughs> exactly. My client is, my next client is in digital February. So I'm good. Nice. Literally on Monday, or was it Tuesday? One of the days where we were still snowed in, one of my clients had a, she, she went into early labor with her uh, third child. But it was work. Like she was huffing and puffing and sitting on the toilet with me on the phone. I'm like, all right, due to today's weather, I know these are still five minutes apart and you're, but you are working so hard and I see sweat dripping down your face. So I'm going to say it is time for you to slowly make your way to the hospital. And, uh, And thankfully, I mean, she did, but on a strange turn of events or maybe not so strange we've all seen this she walked into triage had a not great experience and her whole labor shut down of course of course (laughs) they had what we now find out is uh, so it's a nurse that I know from a different hospital and um she's been kind of moved around and she was only there as a temp because of the storm but this is why she's only a temp because Anyhow, my client's labor completely turned off and it's still days later and she has not come, come back into labor because she's so stressed about going back. Well, there you go. Adrenaline can do all of that. Yeah. It, it, it is quiet on the home front. So I think what's happening is she's waiting for her doctor to be on call, who she has a wonderful relationship with. And I think when he's yeah. on, I think it's going to happen. Wow. Wow. Again, that mind-body experience people don't think about. But it's everything, man. How about I do our land acknowledgement and then we can jump into talking about Sandra. Not me. We're not talking about me. (laughs) Oh, baby, it's all about you today. (laughs) All right. Well, where I live in Durham, Ontario, in Ajax specifically, is home to many Indigenous persons and communities who represent the diverse, distinct, and autonomous Indigenous nations on Turtle Island. This acknowledgement reminds us of our responsibilities to our relationships with the first peoples of Canada, to their ancestral lands on which we learn, share, work, and live. Thank you very much. Miigwech. Excellent. All right. Cool. So Sandra, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Me? Oh. Uh, so I, um, doula work is my second career. I came late to doula work and this, I was um, a individual and family therapist at a, for most of my career um, and trying to get pregnant and didn't really, you know, was really struggling, was in my mid to late thirties and uh, started doing research. And 
hilariously happened upon placenta encapsulation when it was a thing. I was like, what the, it was, is, can I swear on this podcast? You can, you okay, clearly perfect. never listen to the fuck is podcast. That? You never listen to the podcast. You do but I feel, reason. I have listened. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I'm allowed to swear. I that's do swear right. a lot. So that's good. Um, yeah. So it was like, what the fuck was that? Followed a rabbit hole and was like, okay, I really want to do this. Um, so that was like 10 years ago, 11 years ago, maybe longer. I don't know. Time doesn't exist in COVID, right? So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, so my foundation is in counseling. Um, I have two young daughters now who are seven and just turned five. Nice. Um, and uh I'm also the parent, you know, who's 43 with young kids. So all my friends have teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's been an adventure. Dueling with kids is also an adventure. So that's its own thing. It really is. It really uh, is. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I live, I used to live, I've lived in Toronto for 20 years, um, separated from my partner and moved. Now I live in a small community east of Toronto, um, Coburg. And I'm sort of rebuilding my doula career here, Excellent. which is very different. Um, yes. How do you find like, cause Coburg's small, like how do you. Hospital is very different. Yeah. Um, it's a very different experience that lots of work here. There's um, especially, you know, the pandemic helped me, right. A lot of people moved this way. Right. Um, but it like, feels like I've jumped back 10 years in yeah. obstetric care. It really yeah. does. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. And I mean, do you find, it's not what we were going to talk about, but do you find <laughs> that um, like your, your travel catchment area is significant? It's huge. Bigger? Yeah. But, but also like it would be the, it's the same length of time that it would have taken me to get from where I lived in Toronto to like a hospital in the city. Right. So like if it's a bigger drive, but the same time. So it's its own like nuanced yeah. thing. Right. So, yeah. um, so a lot more driving, you know, lots bigger and, and a variety of hospitals in different regions versus like five hospitals in the center of the city. Yes. Um, so you're dealing with like different communities of doctors instead right. of overlapping doctors and nurses. Right. Um, so it's a very, it's been a very different experience. And then, you know, COVID, a lot of virtual support. Um, oh, hello. Somebody's visiting us. I don't need that right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the books on, for those that there's those are not the books on my shelf just fell over. Um, randomly in the middle random. of our conversation. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, it's been an adventure, um, figuring it all out and getting back into the work in this community. Um, my particular community is deemed a like elderly community, but it's not. So it's also yeah. very limited in its resources for families. Wow. Um, because it, it, people see it as like a retirement community and it, and I would say that you know, our population of families has tripled in the pandemic. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so you talked a little bit about sort of what, you know, looking into placenta encapsulation. So yeah. tell us about your journey to become 
a, a birth worker? Birth worker? Um, so it really started with the fact that we weren't getting pregnant. And I was like, if I'm not going to get pregnant, I would like to somehow have connection to babies in the birth world. Um, I worked as a family and individual therapist in a high risk setting. And so I was pretty burnt out. Mm. Um, and so this gave me something new that I could apply my skill set to um, and get to be around babies before I got pregnant. So I, um, and this was like way back when doula training was like a book and a weekend. And yeah. <laughs> It's a very different world nowadays. Um, and so I actually traveled from Toronto to Kingston to take a training from the person um, who was doing the placenta encapsulation because I was like, all right, let's let's learn this. And, and it went from there. And I um, kept my full-time job for a while and did supported uh, young girls at the Jesse Center, June Collins nice. Center in Toronto. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, I was able to do that because I worked in an organization that supported youth. I was kind of able to use that as a like, if I'm on call, I can leave for a birth this way. Mm -hmm. um, and did that for a number of years. And then I got pregnant, um, as one does. <laughs> um, and um, and then go back didn't go back to the counseling, the job, the counseling job. I still do offer counseling um, as a, in private practice um, and dove into doula work full time. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. It's been a journey. Uh, <laughs> it's been a journey and uh, lots of twists and turns and changes. And the birth world has changed significantly from when I started now. I mean, I think when I started um, within our organ, cause I, the, I trained with doula Canada, but it wasn't doula Canada at the time. It was called healing arts learning organization. Right. That's a million years ago. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, there? what made you decide that that was the right training for you? the trainer? So I connected to the trainer. Um, I just really liked who they were, um, what they brought to the world. And, uh, and that's what I didn't do any research beyond that. I liked the trainer and I was going there. So I was how desperate I was to do something. Um, and I walked out of that weekend training going, what the fuck just happened? I have no idea anything. I like, I literally at that point in my life had no concept of birth. Um, and, uh, and here I am. So, wow. so now you train for that <laughs> organization that comes through. How did yeah. that come about? Um, so interestingly, um, it was a very small organization when I trained with them, I think we had a hundred doulas that were trained under the, under, um, healing arts learning organization. Um, also the doula world wasn't as known no, a million yes. years ago, um, as it is now. And so, uh, it was a small community. It was a small group of us. I hung around and did a lot of, you know, support offered to do stuff that I was good at, which was writing and technical support and things like that. Um, and so when uh, Tanya decided to sell um, and Shaughnessy purchased it, Shaughnessy and I had trained together and had spent a lot of time together. And so the role transitioned um, where I was offered the opportunity as a like apprentice tea trainer. And now I am the lead instructor and the education 
coordinator for DTC. Um, many, many years later, I think we're now six years into my relationship with Dual Training Canada as it stands. Um, and yeah, and it's been a ride, a fun ride, but it's been a ride. Um, and I, you know, one of the things that I'm really grateful for with working with an organization, seeing it small. So it went from 100 members 10 years ago to we're over 10,000 members now. Wow. Um, you know, we is the growth that it has afforded me as a birth worker, right? The learning and change and shift um, in the system, but also in my individual learning because I'm learning from people across Canada and across the world now, whereas it used to be so local, right? So yeah. Ontario focused. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about, so what um, doula training Canada then, what is their, you know, talk to us about your philosophy, their philosophy and, and whatnot on birth and trainings. And that's a big question, but yeah. that's a really big question. It gets really good at the ideologies. Um, Our mission statement, what, what does. Do they have a set? Do you guys have like a set mission statement that you can? We, we do. Now you're going to make me look it up, but yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go, go, go with your gut. Go. go, go with your brain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that what I, ugh, so just give me one second um, to wrap my brain around what it, we're doing is, you know, one of the things we did our mission and vision statement in 2018. And I would say that it, it, though it stands, it's probably not, um, it, we are so much more than that now. So our current mission statement is um, to improve perinatal infant and family well-being by educating and supporting professional doulas in Canada and around the world. We accomplish this by evidence-based information, mentorship, collaboration, community building, professional development, um, and communication across mediums. And really, I think probably what stands most for us is the vision now, which is to build a dynamic community for continuing education and inspiration of professional doulas. Our goal over the last two years has changed significantly. And one of the things that we're really focused on now is building a platform for doulas to continue to learn that it isn't just about that initial you know doula training labor doula training or we call it we moved from childbirth educator to perinatal educator because we believe we should be teaching across the fertility pregnancy and postpartum period um but it really is about giving people the chance to enhance learning, to continue to grow, to work with the systems that are constantly evolving and to do and to engage with content and curriculum in a way that um, resonates with them, that helps them feel inspired to keep learning um, and that pushes them outside of maybe the boxes of their um, learning and, and living that they're you know, engaging with material in ways to expand and learn and grow across the spectrum. I think like for me, I mean, I had chosen obviously a different organization, but I trained even longer ago than you. Um, <laughs> the, I always kind of worry about organizations that don't encourage continuing education. Yeah. That in itself, I think kind of blows my mind because 
as a doula, even, you know, 16 years into this, I'm still learning new things yeah. and everything is changing on such a rapid basis with new research and, you know, all of this stuff that I think, you know, having the ability to actually go further and learn more, I think is really great. Well, and I think it's important in a way 100%. that is for clients too, right? Like if I, I always, people always say like when I'm training students ask all the time, like what, why would somebody hire a new doula? And I say, because you have the most current information, the most relevant stuff. I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm, I know more because I teach the content and I'm engaged with it, but there are, I'm engaged with it in ways that a lot of older doulas who've been around aren't going to be engaged with it. They're going to be structured and learning. And so, you know, I think that that's the part of the fun part for me about being part of doula training. In Canada is the opportunity to continue to update and integrate the stuff that's coming our way, but also build learning opportunities, you know, across the platform for our students. That's good. I would imagine that um, knowing what I have heard and read about the, the current doula training Canada platforms, mm -hmm. you guys see a lot of doulas come through your or to your organization after doing trainings elsewhere, just yes. to really promote that ongoing education? Yeah, I, you know, we do have um, a number of people cross certifying, which means that they've trained with other organizations and they do come to us um, to enhance their learning. Um, you know, and I think that that is part of the process that we, you know, that that has made Doula Canada what it is, is the engagement with our students in the curriculum and in the content and, you know, giving them what they need or what they're asking for as much as we possibly can um, across the spectrum. But yeah, we, I mean, I think it's, I think that one of the, the benefits of Doula Training Canada is that our curriculum isn't the same. If you took an in-person training, last year or if you completed your content last year online you have access to new content that gets updated yearly we're constantly auditing and changing our content and curriculum adding new things um so i need to you know if we if something comes up that we feel like so we just had a lovely collaboration with um lane from queer connections and they just did an enhanced module for our fertility program and that's going to get inserted so you know we're continuing to work with partners outside of our organization to grow the curriculum as well as internally you know enhancing and changing and reflecting on feedback so something so, else i've heard quite a bit about is the sense of community that yeah. is a big cornerstone at uh, at DTC that I'm, I'm not sure what that looks like because again I have trained everywhere else except DTC. <laughs> not come on staff. staff come on <laughs> you know me I'm, I'm like addicted to doing trainings and stuff so I think you guys are gonna yeah. get <laughs> but uh, it's I, I, that's what I've, I've heard about is mm -hmm. that you always you always feel like you can go back home like you can go back and ask questions you can go back and connect with other doulas who have trained with you whereas mm -hmm. um like at, from an institution size it, in many other organizations it's left to the individual trainer to create community and yeah. many, many do and many many have um i know for myself that that was the case but it's not like institution wise and i, yeah. and I 
understanding that um, Doula Training Canada does make it like institution wide that uh, you can connect with doulas who have trained everywhere. Yeah, we try. Um, I'm going to say that the bigger the organization gets, the harder it is to reach everybody. Um, but we're but on that note, we're in the process for 2022. Our goal is to have a more um, comprehensive mentorship program so that doulas can sign up and engage with you know, a mentorship program in a way, but yeah, they can, they have constant access to their instructors. We have um, a closed Facebook community that's really interactive and people are available to all of the time. Um, our student and alumni coordinator is an amazing um, outreach human being who people, you know, connect with regularly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it started that way, right? We started it as a small community we wanted that sense of community and connection. We didn't want people to feel like they were out there in their, on their own um, doing it because it, it can be so isolating in the doula world um, if you don't have a team. And so for those that want to and engage with, you know, we're there and the community is there um, as much as we can be for them. So how has, how has your training changed, um, amid COVID, um, oh. <laughs> with, I mean, I'm sure it's been a bit of a nightmare, but like what, so we are all online now, which in right. some ways is great because it, people are sitting in on a training with somebody from British Columbia and somebody from Northern Ontario and somebody from, you know, the States. And so we're getting a real cross section. People are at, are learning different things about the birthing experience instead of having it in a community where people are traveling to, um, where, you know, that's things. So some ways that's great. Other ways I'm missing and other people are missing that community, right? That, that sense of being together for that, you know, weekend training. Yeah. Um, and also really engaging with students in a way of like, you know, Kim, you were talking about like, how the hell do you virtually support people? Yeah. Right. And so really, you know, shifting into moving away from like comfort measures that are hands on and into like a lot more communication skills and a lot more um, engagement in that way and really shifting how doulas work in the world, which in a lot of ways is great because it diversifies us, right? It gives us as business owners, different opportunities. Um, but it's a, not what most people sign up for, right? They want to be at the birth and they want to watch the baby being born and, yeah. you know, they want to hold those newborn babies. And so, um, you know, and then we're dealing with the stress of just living in a pandemic and what it's like as a birth worker, and a family, having a family, you know, living in the world where our incomes are cut in half and, yeah. um, you know, how do we pay our bills and, and do all of those things. And so one of the things that um, we've noticed and one of the things that is we've started now is we will now be offering a monthly, bi-monthly peer support group for our doulas to come in um, and just sit with us and talk about what's happening in the birth world and how they're feeling about it right um because the other thing that we're seeing is a lot more medical intervention and a lot more um fear of birth and so we we'll, you know our doulas are coming out of births with more traumatic experiences than 
you know, they did before in the sense that like, we don't get the cross section of birthing. We get, you know, highly medicalized births where people are wearing masks and afraid to go into hospitals and the trauma that's affiliated with that. And so I think that for us as an organization, what that's done is really wanting, is having us really want to firm up our sense of community and be able to offer our doulas support in ways um, that is outside of mentorship and how to build your business. Right. T- talk to me, talk to me about the mentorship side of things. Like how's so, that working for you? Or like, how does that work? Yeah. So every person who takes a virtual training with us or an in-person training is cohorted with their doula trainer um, and their doula trainer will, the goal is to follow up at, at one month, three months, six months, 12 months, um, with just an email to remind them that we exist in the world. Um, Cause sometimes, you know, they, those we disappear. Um, and so if that and our, between our, that and our student and alumni coordinator, um, there is always somebody who can speak to, um, Sorry, my parrot has now decided that it's time to talk. So, you know, we're going to hear that. You left that, that out of your introduction that right? you have a parrot. I have a parrot and a dog and, you know, it's a zoo over here. But the parrot at some point when I talk just decides that he needs to talk back. So, okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, one of the things that um, has come up over and over again for us is, is in our closed Facebook group. That's uh, students mentor each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they yes. take care of each other in there. We have an amazing moderator um, who sort of handles some of the more difficult conversations in really beautiful ways. Um, and let me tell you, that was the biggest gift we gave ourselves as an organization is hiring somebody specifically to moderate our closed group. Because right. um, then, you know, there's there's a somebody who's good at handling conflict and navigating and Kira has been a blessing. Um, so between, you know, the online mentoring, the students connecting with each other um, and reaching out to their instructor or their student alumni quarter or the director or myself. I mean, we do our best to be available to our students when they need it. Um, and so, you know, that can look like um, an email that could look like a zoom call that could look like a phone call. Um, obviously we're not 24 hours. So, you know, we may, we're not going to be on the phone in the middle of the night with our, with our students. Um, but you're you know, you have boundaries, is that what you're saying? Right. Boundaries, healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries. Who, who has that? Um, but you know, I have been on the phone the next morning after a birth because the students emailed me and said, oh my God, I had a really difficult experience. Is there somebody I can talk to? And so if I can't do it, then we'll, you know, ask the, the other instructor or the student and alumni coordinator. Um, we really work to try and help them through their process and connect them with something in the way our new mentorship program will work. Um, is they'll even get more if people sign up for it because what they'll do is they, they have, because not everybody wants mentorship, right? In that same way. Um, if they sign up for it, they'll have three months of intensive mentorship um, where they get, you know, two or th- two meetings a month plus a peer group meeting um, to really sort of push them through um, whatever they're struggling with. And then, um, you know, they'll be followed for a year um, after that. And you know, the goal is really not to pump out doulas who have the knowledge, but to 
have doulas feel like they're not alone in the community and that, um, and help them find their voice and their role as doula. And I think that's one of the things that people get stuck on is like that there's a box, how you doula is within a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and COVID has really pushed us to be like, no, no <laughs> you, need to, you need to be outside of that box. Um, but I, you know, that's the goal of DTC and that's with our perinatal educator program. Um, people create their own curriculum. We don't have a set curriculum for people to create. And really our, the goal is that you doula how you, who, based on who you are, not on, you know, some set curricula of what that should look like. Mm -hmm. That is huge. That is, um, you know, we often talk on this podcast, we kind of do little Facebook revisits. So things that have come up on the local or global uh, doula Facebook groups. And quite often what we see is that is an exact, the exact opposite of what you described. We see yeah. is coming with a question that might be outside of the box and boy, getting, you know, just rammed. And the, the question never gets answered until someone mm-hmm. basically says, that's not the fucking question she asked. If you don't have a, you know, something to be, ass- yeah. to assist with here, shut the fuck up. Um, and <laughs> that deteriorates real quickly. But um, I, Stephanie's watching me raise my eyebrows because we also <laughs> outside of this worked in a, in a group that was not so pretty. Um, but, you know, I, I was there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. But yes, if it's not helping, yeah. shut the fuck up. Um, if it's not helpful, shut the fuck up. But again, we see so many of these younger doulas who quite obviously do not have a sense of community or yeah. do not have a mentor, do not have maybe haven't made connections through their trainings and they come to these groups and just get torn apart. And it is, I can only imagine how absolutely debilitating it can be to go through and invest so much of your time and energy and passion into something. And then to join a group and have someone shit down your neck, you know, like you can do the work. And COVID has made people like just complete assholes. I feel like People have forgotten their manners because we only communicate online and we don't have that same sort of face-to-face connection that we did before. And everybody has an opinion about everything and how you should do it and what direction you should go. And instead of really asking the question, tell me more about that. What are you, what is, what is the question that you're actually asking? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that you know, the last few years that working in doula training Canada has afforded us as an organization is the opportunity to make mistakes and to reflect on those mistakes and to grow from those mistakes. And I think that you can't um, you can't expect people to know everything all the time, perfectly and ideally. And when your messaging is that for a new doula is how stupid are you based on the way you're responding? How are we growing a community of people to help others? And we're not, in fact, we're, you know, we're creating people who are gonna be too afraid to ask questions. And I don't want doulas in the world that are too afraid to ask questions. I've been doing this for 10 years. Kim, you've been doing this longer. Like I ask all the fucking questions all the time because if I, I want to know, because I am a better support person for that. 
And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, 10, 15, 20 years ago, when we started becoming doulas, we didn't have Facebook. No, we didn't have this connection with you were literally left your weekend training with no connection to your trainer and have a nice day. Good luck to you. Thank you for my money. We'll see you later. And you're basically sitting there going, okay, how the fuck do I do this now? And, and we did that. We gathered ourselves together and we, we, took those steps that were necessary to take steps. And we didn't have people to ask those questions too. No, we just did the things, but we realized that we had questions. We did have questions and we wish we'd had somebody who would answer those questions. So having, I'll tell you right now, if I had asked a question that I had, you know, when I first became a doula and somebody, you know, shot me down, I'd have been like, uh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Right. Um, I'm just going to go be a cashier at Shoppers Drug Mart. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause there's, there's no way. And I mean, I'm, let's be honest. I'm a hard ass bitch at this point, but back then <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, I was, you know, I was tiptoeing my way through this, through this field where I felt like I didn't know anything, even though I already knew what I needed to know. And we all know what we need to do. We just haven't found it yet. But if, if I had gotten that same responses, that's what would have happened. And how many, it's, as you say, how many, how many doulas are we losing because of stuff like that? Doulas who could have been humans who could have been amazing for somebody, you know, or a group of people or things like that. Like that makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that we're working really hard in at Tula Training Canada is to allow the space for everybody's voice, hence the moderator, right? In the closed group to allow the space for everybody's voice, because there are lessons there, right? There are lessons to be learned across the spectrum of doula work. You know, we are seeing, um, when we started, it was all white women being mm. birth workers, right? Like we were all going to save the world. Um, of course we were. <laughs> right. That's um, our job. Right. That's um, what we thought. <laughs> well, and, and it just was, you had to pay for it, right? Like there was a level of privilege assigned to, to training. And, um, you know, one of the things that Julia Canada has been doing for years, and I'm just going to plug us here, and that is we have a bi-yearly scholarship and people can take any of the programs that they're interested in when they apply for the scholarship program. And 50% of our scholarships go to Indigenous and Black and racialized individuals. Um, and we felt like that was important because we were, uh, the bulk of our population was white women who maybe didn't always have the tools and skills to support people outside of their circles. And so um, so the, the cool thing about having a closed Facebook group with all of these voices in it is when it's handled well, when there's somebody facilitating the conversation, so much rich learning happens. That is so so true and it's it is the key to the moderator to i don't want to say an indifferent moderator but in in a moderator who doesn't necessarily have a um you know agenda yeah like they're or or a stake in the conversation to facilitate constructive um conversation and i i love that 
approach because again when we go back to it's very similar to like brand new parents who come yeah. to a, a mommy group and get shit down their neck when they ask about um sleep training or sleep patterns or co-sleeping or anything and yeah. all this sudden get attacked but there can be such rich discussion when you have someone who's kind of watched this for a long time mm -hmm. and knows where to head things off and kind of funnel it to what the actual question is yeah um, and if we can't ask the hard questions or the awkward questions or the questions we literally have, we might have no perception of and then get them answered, it, then, then no one will grow and people will turn off of growing. Mm -hmm. If you, you want to, you want to, you know, send somebody back to poor information, then don't offer good information, like beat them up a little bit. And then they're just going to head off to the easy information. That's not the accurate information. Um, or to they're going to go to Dr. Google, right. And look for this first study that pops up that tells them what to do and not have the discern the ability to discern what that, you know, information actually is. Yeah. Like the nuance, you know, like yeah. there's levels and levels of nuance, especially when it does come to, um, supporting anybody who is not, um, a white middle-class woman. Yeah. Right. And they're, <laughs> you know, which means we're just, we're failing. We're failing if that's the only thing we know how to support, if that's the yeah. only group we know how to support. Or so that we make assumptions that how we were supported, because we're white middle-class women, how we were supported is how other people walking into the world of birth are going to be supported, because that's not the truth either. No, no. no just getting someone through their pregnancy as a non-white individual yeah. is a whole other level of support. Um, making sure people assuming as a, somebody who has access to Wi-Fi every day and knows where to go find accurate information yep. is or is queer and navigating pregnancy with a partner who isn't you know heterosexual and gonna you know that so when you know you know I don't know how many times I've walked in to a birth with a queer family and the assumption is that it's a sister or a mother or a you know, instead of a partner, like, and my voice is there to be like, hold up. This is, this is the, you know, this is the partner. This is the other parent here. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not my experience living in the world. So if I hadn't had training and conversations and hard conversations, you know, how would I have handled that? Absolutely. The, uh, even I was at a uh, surrogate birth last week. Yeah. And um, again, amongst COVID, it's very different because often uh, the surrogate parents would be there or the intended parents would be there with the surrogate mm -hmm. and myself. And um, it would be basically a big birthing party, you know, but it had to be handled separately. So there was missed pieces of information in changeover of staff. Everyone mm -hmm. handled it as well as they could. But it is amazing to like have to remind a doctor, don't put the baby on her belly. Mm -hmm. I like baby's going going off and this is someone who is like deeply invested and it's just feeling comfortable knowing that that's going to happen and knowing what to say mm -hmm. and in your standard birth training you're not going to have that that really is something that you you would have to look for education on and Even ask questions about right have a safe place to be like hey this is happening to me you know i we one of our posts in our closed facebook group yesterday was um, I'm attending a solo birth for the first time. And what she meant was she was attending the, the doula student meant she was attending the birth with only the client because the husband was staying home to look after the kids and right. she'd only ever supported a birth with a partner before. Mm -hmm. 
So it was a conversation about what's going to be different. What's this going to look like? How, how, what am I going to need as a doula in this space as the sole support person? Um, you know, and those conversations happen in training, but if you had your training, you know, a year ago, and this is the first time you're coming to this, that's the part about Julie Canada that I love and have always loved. And we've worked really hard to maintain is the fact that the students have a place to go for these questions, that they can come to us for sure. They can email us, but that they also have this group of people who are available to them 24 hours a day who can help them figure out, you know, what the next steps are. Absolutely. Hallelujah. <laughs> so that, yeah, I'm just in my head. All I can think is that person bringing this to one of the other uh, Facebook groups. <laughs> right. Like, well, you shouldn't be there. I'm just thinking, well, the other, the responses I know would be there. Well, you shouldn't be there if you don't know what you're doing. Well, that's, yeah. that's why I came to the group to ask. Well, yeah. what's interesting in this conversation, what part of the reason I brought this up is one of the comments below because of the way it was worded, it made it sound like the person was going to be attending a birth without a medical care provider present. Right. And so the one of the questions that one of the students asked was just for clarification, this is like how well-trained now our membership is at this point with our moderator, you know, for clarification, tell me, you know, are you talking about attending a birth without a care provider present. And she's like, oh, no, 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 this is what I mean. But, you know, I've seen those kind of questions come up in other groups and people have been like, well, you can't do that. That's not within scope, you know, because they're not asking the tell me more question. And that's the nuance, right? And that that's the thing about being a doula is that we need to be trained in those nuances of yeah. getting further information because when a birthing parent or a postpartum parent tells you something, you're not always getting the full story. So again, it's the idea of, you know, listening to, you know, not respond, but listening to understand. And if we're not, if we're only getting like, you know, five words, you know, we need to add in more there. So, you know, so tell me what you mean by that. Um, so tell me how you're feeling about that. Right. But it's almost like, did we stop teaching communication in yes. trainings? I think like, so. <laughs> I think so. Like I remember as a, as a trainer with Kappa, you know, that being like an entire section where, you know, we just talked about asking questions and, and getting more information. But I think it's the nuance, right? And I think that's the thing that's shifted even in my teaching. Cause I've been teaching with, with Dual Canada forever. It feels like, um, even in my teaching, one of the things about communication skills that I now really focus on is less questions, right? that the, the tell me more about that, or how, you know, how, what feelings are coming up for you, that those questions that they're leading, and that I'm not assaulting somebody with like, tell me this, tell me that, tell me this, tell me that. And I think when I, you know, way back when, when we were teaching communication skills, it was about asking the right questions and getting the right answers. And now I think it's about exactly what you said sitting, listening, honoring, and being comfortable in the silence of giving somebody time to formulate that. You know, one of my favorite questions that I teach my my students is, how is this different than what you expected? Because everybody goes in with this idea of parenthood, but I also ask my doulas that question because everybody goes in with this 
idea of being this like savior birth worker or this perfect postpartum person. And we're going to be so good at it. And it's going to be lovely and happy and easy. And it is absolutely none of those no, things. <laughs> it's not. But it, and, and that's, I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? That's the yeah. beauty of being a doula is living in the messy and the, yeah. the crazy and, you know, helping to walk beside this person or just behind them, you know, through this going, you got this. Yeah. I, I got you. Right. But I, I get sometimes that it, well, it's funny. I was talking, I taught a class last night. Um, and they asked so many questions. Like I was like, Oh my God, I'm loving all of this. <laughs> like, I know we're 30 minutes behind schedule, but yeah. we're doing this. Yeah. And I will admit, like even having, you know, I've been a childbirth educator at this hospital for like 10 years and like, I'm sitting here, like, like, I know the question you're going to ask, but it's like physically almost yeah. restraining myself to, you know, sitting there going, mm -hmm, you know, and nodding and smiling, like, yeah, tell me more. Yep. 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 Yeah. yep. Um, even though it's like with 10 years experience, I know the question you're going to ask, but I need to sit there and sit back and go, yep, yep. Because who knows? I could be completely wrong. Like right. that, that, that conversation they're having could take an immediate left turn. And you're going, wait, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hence our conversation right now, because I feel like <laughs> we're talking about all the things. But I think, you know, I think that that's the, the gift of doula work. If you're a really good doula, you're really good, not at communicating, but at listening mm -hmm. that, Absolutely. and that, and act and listening as an action, not as a like tool, right. That you're able to sit, be present, not think ahead of the thousands of other things you think are going to come next and not subscribing what their question is going to be, but really sit in that moment of what do you need? You know, one of the things that I tell my students all the time is the next time you get into a fight with your partner or your parent or your best friend, instead of responding immediately, count to 30 and see what comes next. Because you have to practice listening, mm -hmm. right? You it's have to practice it. I was uh, <laughs> having a conversation with, oh, sorry, my husband asked me a question. And it was a bit of a redundant question, but I breathed and I replied with the correct answer, um, with my answer. And I could see as I was talking that he was preparing his response. And yeah. so as, as I started to finish up what I was saying, I'm like, I want you to just sit on what I said for a minute and then get back to me because you don't need to be yeah. upset remotely about what just happened. So I just want you to think about that because you can see when someone is not present in their face as they're preparing that next line to come out of their mouth. And I feel like that's also what social media has created, right? This need for immediacy of feedback. Oh, yes. Yes. Immediate responses, social media, or even texting. Yeah. Um, people assume that because they've texted you that you'll get a speedy response. Or cell phones, because, you know, we didn't have cell phones for a long time. And, you know, people just called the home phone and that was how things worked. 
so when we got cell phones, that actually completely changed how I do it. Exactly. Completely changed. But, you know, again, back in the day of beepers and stuff. Yep. Um, you, people did not text you or clients did not text you it, to. We with, weren't as available, right? That's right. You saved up all of your questions for your two prenatal meetings. Or you could call on occasion if something important kind of came up prior to your two prenatal meetings. And you had like these really intensive, in-depth, deep conversations um, as you prepared to have your baby. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I switched from beeper to cell phone, um, sorry, as soon as I switched from cell phone to what was unlimited minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Pager, beeper, you know, we're old. (laughs) Look, even I didn't have a pager. It was, only, it was only unlimited minutes initially yep. during certain hours. So people also, you know, respected some boundaries to not use up your minutes, right? But as soon as it went to unlimited minute, minutes on your cell phone, and that was, it's just full access. Mm-hmm. I ended up changing my, um, my package to one prenatal. And a lot of people, and a lot of doulas still offer two prenatals. And I honor that. That's what you're doing. But I found that I, I, now it's, I could do yeah. two and often I'll just go meet a client for tea. Well, maybe yeah. not. In- I, I have three prenatals, but I really just see them as getting to know you sessions because they ask me all the questions in between. And I really just like to spend extra time with my clients before I go into the birthing space with them. And yes. so that's really what my prenatals are. They're not really education so much anymore because people ask all the questions and email and text message and after their appointments and Mm -hmm. yeah so I'll just call as opposed to making it a prenatal I'll call up a client and say hey you want to do tea I'm going to be in your neighborhood you know and uh, and I'll pop by and have tea or I'll bring something to for us to munch on as opposed and just have a chat about being in each other's space and being god I wish that I missed that part of you know the non-covid life yeah well imagine if leaving your house yeah. Yeah. Leaving my house, but also like having a snack with a stranger because, you know, clients are essentially strangers in the beginning, but now, you know, you go to their houses and you're wearing a mask and you miss the nuances of facial expressions. If you're not good at reading body language, like there's just so much that new doulas training right now are navigating that is just really fucking complicated. That is the truth. Like um, another thing that I often share with clients is when they ask me, well, do, do you do massage? Do you do acupressure? Do you do this? What will we do in labor? And the, the biggest answer to the question often is, well, I'll generally walk into your birth space and wash and put down my bag and wash my hands and um, kind of observe what you're doing. Like I'm not rushing in because there's nothing wrong. You're laboring and what your body is doing, it will tell me kind of where what my next move will be yeah um you know after quietly letting you know that I've arrived although usually the partner will yell as soon as they hear someone yeah. he's here um yeah. but uh I, I don't know but those are things that again yeah doulas who are coming into virtual dueling to start it's harder to learn the nuances of how someone is moving through their labor yeah. through a partner or a family member's phone um and it's like you know can you back up a little bit i just need to see what they're doing while they have their next 
contraction or surge or whatever they want to call it. But yeah, it's a brand new way. And I imagine all of these things are now coming up in your trainings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And in conversations and sometimes not in, you know, we talk about it in the training and this is the thing about the mentorship thing and the, and this, and having space for people to ask questions. That's important because two days of virtual online training or two, two and a half days of virtual online training, you are not retaining all that information. You're just not, it's just impossible to like do all of that. So you know, having a place to come back to and said, maybe we talked about in this training, maybe we didn't, but like, this is going on for me. And, you know, how do I do it? It's so important when you're helping people become service providers. You can't get that in a weekend. You know, you, you really need a space to go with those questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the training gives you the basics, but the learning really happens afterwards. The learning happens hands-on, the learning happens in the community, the learning happens with, you know, the mentorship and things like that. That's that's where you'd learn to be a doula, right? Yes. How do you learn to be a good person amongst COVID? Like that should be a whole course. (laughs) Prior to doula training, you must do this base course on online communication. How not to be an asshole. (laughs) Just call it that. How not to be an online asshole. Because it's super easy to be an online asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, and it's a skill. It's a skill to take a breath, to step back, to not, you know, not go to every fight you're invited to. What? Go to every fight you're invited to, because it's just not worth it. We, I just That's have, why I get up in the morning. What the hell? <laughs> I get up, I do my wordle, and then I start picking fights. Oh, wordle. Wordle is the sourdough of this lockdown, just so we all know. It's yep. like and everywhere I'm, in and my I'm here for it. I'm here <laughs> for it, and I don't care what anybody thinks. Okay, I have one game on my phone, and that's it. I can't wordle. I can't do anything else. I, I will go if I do more than one, I will end up with 10 games on my phone. Wordle so. is just one. Yep. You get one chance a day. A day for it's, six. You get six no tries. That's it. Nope. It's so good. Yep. Where that's it? it. It's once a day. It I wish it was more, but it's not. <laughs> so it's I know. I keep going back and being like, do I is my time up yet? Is my time up yet? No. No. There's time. Because I go, I like, if I can't get it in the first two while I'm lying in bed, I'll get up, get my coffee, come back. No, no, I mean like at the countdown that tells you, you have 14 hours left before the new puzzle, right? right? Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I'm freaking here for it. <laughs> I love word puzzles. I also am, yeah, I've jumped on that bandwagon with you, my friend. Oh, my God. 100%. Look, if Yvette Nicole Brown does it, I'm there for it. Oh my goodness. I love her. She's hilarious. She's, she's a queen. Um, I don't know what I, I we kind of answered all my questions. What other <laughs> questions? Do? I, I wrote them down and we've been through them. I have a birth related question, but it is not to do with training. I want to see those Ashley Graham babies. I am not <sighs> a celebrity follower, but I got that follow-up last Saturday that she had had her babies and all was well. And I just, I know she's like doing her lockdown thing like she did with the first. I just want to see these babies. Man, that, now watching that unfold again, you saw all sorts of trolls come out of the closet yeah. as she 
was uh, saying that she was just waiting for these babies at 40 weeks and all was well. And uh, of course, everyone who knew she had a home birth with her first was, you know, not making any assumptions, but that she could home birth with her second and people talking on her feed about calling the cops on her, turning her into child protective services and all of these other things. And uh, people just don't understand birth. Can we just like start teaching birth in school? Like, because like, like and pooping and digestion yeah, and you like know, people get so freaked out because they just don't get it. They don't know. <clears throat> I actually did twice um, a grade 11 high school class day um, where I went in and talked about birth options and, and what birth, you know, what your options are like for doctors, midwives, home, water, like all of that stuff. I did Amazing. that twice in York region. It's about teacher, right? It's teacher specific. It's like, yeah. it's like the fact that people get freaked out that my five-year-old calls her vulva a vulva. It's a vulva, not a vagina or a petunia or any of the other things that people like, or a hoo-hoo or whatever it is that you call it. Um, it's a vulva. And yes, your son has a penis. She's not wrong there. So why are you worried about it? Like, I, you know, I think it's, we just, yeah. I don't. We got to get over ourselves. Look, it's a, yeah, it's a vulva, just like this is an elbow and this is an eyeball. It's just another part of your body. Yeah. You should not wave it in your face. So don't worry about it. And look, doula, doula kids are weird because yeah. let's be honest, oh, yeah. they, they know way too much. My kids like play birth, right? Like they go and like one of them is giving birth and the other one is catching the baby. And like, people are like, why do you let your kids do that? It's so weird. I'm like, why is it weird? Why is it weird? Why your kids play transformers? Like, I don't know. I, I don't like transformers. They're weird. They turn would, from, would you prefer they'd be like playing kitchen and house? Like, right. Cause that doesn't <laughs> necessarily mean that's their role. Like fuck no. off. That is the, the, the life as a child of a doula. Yeah. Right? How have your, other than them playing uh, doula and birth and stuff like that, uh, how do, do they ever pick up a lot of the information you're sharing through training and stuff like that? Oh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, Sloan likes to sit with me when I'm training, particularly now that we're online, right? So she can sort of, so she sits on the bed and listens and she'll ask me all of the questions about like, you know, what I'm talking about and why is it that way? And why is it this way? And oh, is that a nipple mom? And why, you know, like it, it's life in this house. So, yeah. you know, I, I, it's not something that I'm upset by or worried. It's also like, I also talk about death very matter of factly because I do the, I'm the infant pregnancy loss coordinator for Dula Canada. Um, I, I developed and, and run the program. And so, you know, that's the other thing that we talk about a lot in my program. And I think is something key for birth workers to learn about is how to support loss. Um, but, you know, it's, it freaks people out. You know, my dad, so we were watching a TV show the other day and somebody died and my dad was like, oh, they went to heaven. I'm like, they die. And my dad's like, why do you have to quash their imaginations? And I was like, it's not, has nothing to do with their imagination. They died. If they want to believe that they went to heaven, that's fine. But also like, what the fuck is heaven? They don't know what that is. So go ahead and teach them that, you know, like it's just, you know, people just get so hung up in overprotecting our children 
And, you know, I'm not going to give them things that aren't developmentally appropriate, but I'm also not going to lie to my kids. No. And I mean, when those questions come up, you answer them with honesty and truth Yeah. so that, you know, I mean, if they, they come back and go, um, you told me this was X, Y, Z, but it's not, you know, now you're a liar. And we know research says, particularly when we're talking about body and birth, that people, that people who get, have teen pregnancies are people who don't understand what's going on with their body. Yeah. That is true. That is so the truth. We had, um, so growing up, I went to public school and my very best friend who isn't a family member went to the Catholic school down the street and man, the comparisons about information before she had, so she had sex well before I did. And part of it was just because of my education. I'm like, I am not getting that. I'm not getting that. And I, no, no, we're not doing that. Like I, just cause I had a knowledge of how things were transmitted and how pregnancy happened and stuff. And that being said, I had my first, I got pregnant when I was 19. So, um, but uh, I knew how pregnancy happened, but mm-hmm. I was so, I don't want to say paranoid. I was so vagina and digest or, uh, reproductive system aware I did not want to mess with it because I knew one day I would want to use it so I had to talk to my friend who went to the Catholic school just down the street about sex before she had sex I'm like you're gonna get fucked up oh I'm pretty sure my kids are gonna be teaching their friends about the reproductive system so you know once COVID is over and kids can actually talk to each other so (laughs) I wonder if all doulas thought about this stuff like was really interested in health class I am so surprised when when uh, people don't know basic biology, like of just reproductive. System. I knew fuck all until I started doula work. I have to tell you, I'm a caregiver. I'm a caregiver by heart. I, you know, it's support work, and that's what drew me to it. Is I really love supporting humans. I knew biology, like I knew about my period because my mom, you know, talked about that when it. But it, when it came to reproductive stuff, I knew nothing nothing until I started and now I'm like everybody should know everything you know my 13 year old niece is always like stop talking auntie Bubba. I don't want to hear this please stop talking it's too much information so change when your niece is 16 and all yeah. of a sudden she has questions she's not quite 100% sure she's gonna ask her mom or my sister just tells yeah. her, my niece to just message me or call me yeah, yeah. About birth control yeast infections hormonal fluctuations all of these things simply because as opposed to going to Google, they come to me. And if I don't have the answers, at least I know where to send them to yeah. get that information. But, um, and then for her, when she went to university, it was like the group of all these young women who lived together all would like converge on zoom and ask all their questions about, is this real? Can I use a dental dam? You know, my, my girlfriend smells like this, you know, um, like yeah. <laughs> amazingly personal questions but you want to have a good place to go. And a doula, a parent can do that, but a doula can do that too. I love when my clients ask me questions that are, that they would find uncomfortable anywhere else. Yeah. I absolutely love that. (laughs) I, I I am not the doula to ask those questions. So don't lump us all in together. Um, Right. But isn't that, isn't that the awesome part about doulaing is like you serve who works for you. right? Like I, I, I would love, so I was joking around with the last batch that I was teaching that I like for years really tried to not doula people who needed counseling 
but I, but I just do the people who like have a mental health issue or need counseling. Like that's who I am. That's like, that's just like, I really was trying to push outside that box, but like, now I just own that like you have anxiety come to me you you know you need some support come to me uh, but you know those that's the gift of doula work is you can be exactly who you are and still have tons of clients yep yep absolutely yes I get the uh the clients who swear a lot and love to ask what would otherwise be considered inappropriate have inappropriate conversations Inappropriate conversations are the best kind of conversation. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Not not for me. (laughs) Pragmatic, Miss Pragmatic over here. (laughs) You can look her and Stephanie and Suzanne have completely inappropriate conversations on our on our message thing. And I'm like, (laughs) um, yeah, I'm not getting involved in that. I'm just I'm I'm shutting that down. I'm just going to walk away now. (laughs) All right, time, time. All right, so this has been great. This has been really cool. Is there, um, what's coming up with you? What's going on with you? Is there anything you want to promote? Tell us where can we find you? Yeah, I mean, I think where you can find Doula Canada is at doulatraining.ca. Um, and we have a ton of really cool stuff coming up when it comes to courses and things. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail. Check out the website. We have a calendar that pops up. You can look at it. Um, what I am going to say is that we offer support training from fertility all the way to menopause. We now have a menopause support pro, uh, program because we feel like reproductive system doesn't just stop after you have a baby. No. Uh, so, um, and I, and you know, though that's the, been the coolest thing for me is that, you know, we've grown and expanded to really look at the whole spectrum of reproductive care. So what are all the programs that you offer? Like what? Okay. <laughs> so we have the traditional labor doula, postpartum doula. And then we have something called dual stream, which means that they do labor doula and postpartum doula together. And then we have perinatal educator and something called triple stream, which means they do labor doula, postpartum doula and perinatal educator, which is childbirth educator. Just we've termed it perinatal educator because we don't want people to think that they can only teach about childbirth, mm-hmm. um, that they can teach within that whole perspective. We have fertility support practitioner program. So people um, learn about fertility and fertility and supporting people in their fertility journey. Um, And we have the menopause doula program now, which is focused on menopause doula, um, dueling people who are, you know, navigating perimenopause and menopause. Um, We have a holistic, um, we just changed the name of it. So forgive me, uh, a 14 week holistic practitioner program, which gives people access to fertility, um, labor doula, postpartum doula and infant and pregnancy loss. So they'll do, well, they have that program and it's 14 week direct one-on-one men- mentorship. Um, and support and so they have weekly meetings with us as long as well as the online content and curriculum um we have an infant and pregnancy loss support program and that program just to clarify it's not about training doulas it's specifically focused on 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 loss and grief um and so it's its own separate conversation but it can be for anybody it doesn't have to be for somebody who's a doula it's really about how do you support people through the process of infant and pregnancy loss um or infertility things like that 
um, but it's not a doula certification in the sense that they're not getting their like labor doula certificate at the end of it. It's specifically focused on infant and pregnancy loss. Um, And then we have a number of like other sort of programs that are run by external practitioners. So we have a pelvic floor for doulas. We have a baby wearing 101 program that we just launched. Um, We have a nutrition um, for pregnant persons class for doulas like uh, what 2022 is going to look like is I'm really looking to bring in external instructors to offer their goods um, and expand those sort of offerings outside of Doula Canada's core program. Um, So like we run the gamut. Yeah, it sounds like it. (laughs) Um, And that's just like, we have a number of other small programs. We offer monthly webinars um, on various topics. Our members um, this year will be getting their own set of webinars that are member focused. Um, So yeah, there's just constant learning and growing. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, this was great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for, thanks for taking my shout out. Um, that's awesome. So, um, I will post, um, some links and whatnot in the show notes, um, for people to find you and, and doula Canada and yeah, I hope everybody has a really good cold day out there and, uh, yeah. Anything to add Steph? I'm now just thinking about scrolling through the DTC site. (laughs) Well, yes, I am too. (laughs) Just, I want to clarify that even though our name is Doula Training Canada, because Shaughnessy will make me have this, this want me to have this shout out that we are internationally focused. We do have Canadian content, but we, we have the same curriculum as all of the international trainings um, across the world. The name is Dual Training Canada, but it isn't just about Canada. Um, so for your U.S. listeners out there, um, you'll probably find something really fun and enjoyable in our programming as well. But yeah, there's lots. I think the best you know bet is to get on the website. One of the things that I want to say in closing, though, is Dual Training is like a therapist go with what you feel most comfortable and connected to, right? Like there are a lot of organizations out there. Do your research, talk to people, reach out to people in the organization or people who've taken the training. Um, Not every training is going to be for every person. Um, And I think that's the thing that's really important in this work. And people who aren't satisfied with their training usually are people who are taking a training that maybe isn't as as focused on what their desire is for birth work. And that's the joy of living in this kind of online world is there's lots of options out there. And I love doula training Canada and, and I, you know, I'm passionate about it, what it offers and what it brings to the world, but we may not be the training for you and that's okay. Absolutely. That's okay. Absolutely. Do your research. Yes. Honestly. Yes. Ask the questions, right? Didn't we just have this conversation? Ask You're going to have to do research as a doula anyways. Yeah. So just do the research before you become a doula. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Choose the right one. Choose the one for you. It's exactly. just like clients, right? Your clients are going to choose the right doula for them. You need to make sure you choose the right doula training. Exactly. All right. Awesome. I hope everybody has a great day. Please be kind to one another. Yeah. That should be our new sign up. Don't be an asshole. Actually, I think <laughs> that used to be our sign off and now I'm bringing it back. And have a great one, everybody. We'll see Bye, you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.
did it. Hold on. I can't find I can't find the stop record. And you know what? I'm not editing this out either. I'm gonna leave it in. 